In this episode of Shut the Shit Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall, we're finding freedom to start right where we are with a special guest, Roshan Copeland. Hey, will you take a second and share this with a friend right now so we can all stop shooting ourselves already? Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So fun. Goodness. We are in the second week of November. Can this even be true? Time is flying. That's for sure. 2020, I'm waiting for your season finale. I want to see how it ends. <laughs> Better wrap. It's going to wrap up real quick. We're getting close. We're getting close. Good morning, everybody. Listen, we have a special guest joining us today. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Rashawn Copeland. He is the founder of I'm So Blessed Daily and Without Walls Ministries, a writer for church leaders, God TV, and the God's Not Dead blog. He is also the host of Scripture and Stories podcast on the Converge Podcast Network. Also, get this, he serves on the Life Church, you know, the Version Bible app. I, that's the Bible app that everybody's using. He serves on that team with Pastor Craig Groeschel, assisting with global digital outreach. He is a graduate of the University of Central Oklahoma and is currently earning his MDiv at Ooh. Liberty University. I know, fancy. We have a we have a divine master with us here, a divine <laughs> master in the making. He lives in Oklahoma City with his wife, Denise, and their three children. So everybody, we want you to welcome to the show, Rashawn Copeland. Come on, let's give it up. Hey, guys, how are you guys? So glad to be oh. on the show, Candace and Jenny. Oh, we are thanks so for being excited here. to have you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we want to jump in your story. But before we do, we have a special game. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's do it. A special game. One we've never, ever played. Oh, a special game. Get ready. Okay, Rashawn, since you are a part of the team for version, the Bible app, I, I thought you may know some things about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, you know, I'm not the uh, big theologian or anything, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not either. And that's, that's great. So I feel like in good company here. Um, I, I want to play a little game that we've created just for the show, just for you called, would you rather Bible edition? Okay. So okay. I'm going to ask you, these questions are for you, Jenny. If you feel at any point you need to tell us your opinion as well, you can answer, but I'm not going to, because I created the questions here, but here's the first one, Rashawn. Would you rather have the super strength of Samson or the wisdom of Solomon? Which would you rather? Wow. I think I would prefer the wisdom of Solomon because I can just get some strong guys by my side. I think that would oh. be <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> awesome. we'll go from there. 
That's awesome. I always say that my husband has the hair of Samson, but not the strength of Samson. (laughs) 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 He was not able to carry me across that threshold. Bless his heart. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Here's your next one. Would you rather be cooped up in the ark for 377 days, taking care of animals all day or lay on your side for 390 days. You know what? I'm actually, because I have this herniated disc, I'm laying on my side in bed right now. That may sound crazy, right? Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, why we have, why we can't do video, but I want to (laughs) say because I've experienced this and, you know, Apostle Paul said he had a messenger of Satan on his side, (laughs) you know, because of, you know, what he was going through. I'd rather go with the animals for just over a year. (laughs) Right. Right. I think I might be scared of the reptiles and the bears, but well, I'd be scared of a lot of them. I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? I, I kind of would err on the side of laziness. I'd rather be on my side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, with, I'm with Rashawn, the animal. That seems exciting and adventurous. I say okay. we do it. Okay, yeah. I'm getting to know you. Here we go. Would you rather eat only homemade bread for over a year or mm. eat only vegetables and fruit for the foreseeable future? I mean, for the mm. rest of your life. <laughs> I would go with number two health-wise. I think it may wow. just be better for my health. I already, you know, yeah. I've experienced having to, you know, well, trying to go the vegan or vegetable route. And it's been yeah. incredible with my, you know, health and stuff. So I would go that route. Well, that's awesome. I know that I've lived 41 years and I've probably done 40 of those years eating only bread. So I probably would be up for the change. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Texas Roadhouse bread, if you guys ever had it, I'll make um, it. Yes. Okay, now we're really talking. See, you're in (laughs) Oklahoma. I'm in Texas. We know. We know. Come on. Come on. All right. Well, would you rather... Now, this is this is deception. I mean, this is kind of trapping you, but I mean, it's it's a Bible <laughs> edition. But would you rather deceive your father into giving you your sibling's blessing, mm. or would you rather have your father believe that you'd been killed by a wild animal? <laughs> I can't. These questions are amazing. Man, wow. <laughs> Maybe number two because I love my dad so much. I don't. Know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I think I'll go with number two. <laughs> That's a hard question. I mean, like, you know, you, you're either lying to your dad either which way. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard. It's uh, We'll make it a little bit easier. This one I really thought about for a minute. Would you rather be baptized by John the Baptist? Think about that. Think about that experience. Wow. Or would you rather hear Paul speak to a crowd about Jesus? Ah, hmm. uh, wow. I think Apostle Paul, because his boldness and like his heart for people who are far from God to be close really resonates with me at all times. And I just love his heart for for the loss. Yeah. So I will say that. (laughs) That's a hard one, too, I thought, because can you even imagine like John? I don't know. I think he'd be a little burly and rough baptizing me if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I might like wonder it. and not be assured that I'm coming back up, you know? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Okay, would you rather hide spies in your house or hide a baby from Pharaoh? 
Oh man, you know when you being a dad three under three right now, I'm totally gonna go with hide the baby or you know bring the ba- the baby. I I would too. I would too. Spies. I'm kind of like I don't know what y'all are gonna do. You're spies. Yeah. But yeah. a baby, I know you're gonna poop and cry. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. I, I have more management over that baby than I do like some grown men that I'm like you're hiding from the law. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Exactly. We got two more. Here we go. Would you rather carry the Ark of the Covenant across the Jordan River or carry Jesus's cross to Golgotha? Oh, Ooh. again, because of my back, because of my back pain, I'm going to go with number oh. one. <laughs> oh. <You know? laughs> I like how you're thinking really holistically through this. Very yeah, much. It's, it's, uh, I do too. I do too. There's a lot of forethought in this um, very random special game. So, all right. Last question. Last question. Would you rather witness Jesus heal a blind man or witness Jesus walking on water? Oh, which would you rather do? You know, I have to, I love the response that, you know, sort of the blind men, you know, would have in the Bible. So I would love the experience mm-hmm. just how they would respond to being healed in a way, just oh, that yeah. miracle. Although it would be cool to see him just, you know, moonwalk across the water or something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? I know. I can't, I can't fully choose either. When I really it's think too about hard. it. I, I can't choose because to have somebody have sight restored right there in front of you. And you, I see those videos online where people, they put like that little device in an infant's ear and they hear their mom's voice for the oh, first time. Yeah. I cry my eyes out sitting at my phone and I'm sitting here going, if I saw wow. Jesus restore sight, I would, I would just lose it. I'd lose, it would change my life forever. So, I mean, yeah, that's a horrible, but you've been an incredible guest on this incredibly structured and well thought out game. Would you rather Bible edition? <laughs> this has been awesome. I've never done anything like that. You guys are incredible. <laughs> well, hold on, because we're getting right into the show and we're going to find out we said what. Come on now. What do we say? So this is a part of the show where we get to hear your story, Roshan, and we've yeah. we've heard your credentials. We've heard what a powerful leader you are. We've experienced it through getting to know you here, and we're thankful for all of your work. And we know that there's been a lot of plot twists and, and pain within your journey. And we were we just want to dive in. Um, tell us how your journey started, how you got to know God. Like, let's just dive in, Roshan. We're so excited to get to know you better. Amazing. Let's do it. Uh, so years ago, I grew up not really in a Christian family, but a family who was a little bit seeking on the spiritual level. Like my dad was a Muslim practicing and uh, my mom was uh, Baptist. She grew up Baptist, but needless to say, it was just something we did like on the weekends. And I found myself trying to figure out what my identity was. So I would attach it to pretty much the way I would perform in life. So I remember just that heart-wrenching moment, you know, of being a, a a kid in like the fourth grade and having my teacher, you know, tell me that I should never pick up a pen and write again. And that was that first moment like that I was <sighs> by someone that I really thought was supposed to be there to, you know, encourage me and build me up. So I really started having this sort of eager 
desire to prove a point to everyone rather mm-hmm. than just love people or uh you know be this genuine person who who, who cares about people I became about performance and being that best guy mm-hmm. i remember you know that moved over into you know junior high and high school and i began to play sport footballs and i was doing really well for for all these years you know as i'm getting ready to get in college but i end up uh, again in this position where i'm uh, sitting at this park after dark uh and hanging out with this young girl uh you know who was someone i was dating because football wasn't necessarily filling the void all the way. So I thought maybe dating a girl would, but unbeknown to me, she was fresh out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And this relationship was, you know, uh, something, you know, I cared about, but I didn't know that it was going to have this toll on me um, and that God was going to use it uh, to draw me closer to him. Uh, And one night as we're sitting at this park, um, this, she gets a phone call and the phone's ringing and me being the prideful, egotistical high school football star, future college football player, Mm -hmm. I end up grabbing her phone from her pridefully and I answer it. I knew it was the guy because she was telling me she was expecting a call from him because he has been calling her all this time. And uh, then I got on the phone with him. We sort of got into a dog fight, you know, talking down on one another and, wow. you know, he out of nowhere uh, basically provokes me to give him my address or where we were at that time, which was at this park. And that was so unwise. So I sort of nonchalantly uh, hang it up and we're sitting in the car. We get back to what we're doing. We turn the music up. We're having fun. We, you know, doing our things while high schoolers doing out of nowhere. Ten minutes later, a van peels into that park. Wow. Know, and then five guys jump out of this van. I jump out the car, you know, kind of fearfully, but yet, you know, again, pridefully trying to hold it down for this girl. And as I'm walking towards them and they're walking towards me out of nowhere, you know, this guy who was leading the pack, which was, I could notice that, you know, I noticed that he was the same guy from my space who was her ex-boyfriend. Cause I noticed his face from there. But he reaches for his waistband and he grabs a pistol. He waves it in the air. And I I turn and I run. I slip and I fall. He stands over me. Boom. Boom. Two gunshots ring out. You know, they ran off, you know, by the grace of God, he ran off and they jump in the van. Uh, I get up and I run fast as I could. Uh, and I dive at the left side of the car, the passenger side where the young girl was, the young lady. And I noticed the door was open. She wasn't there as I'm looking up <gasps> on this cold cement. I'm all alone. It's dark. And all of a sudden, I see these the van headlights pull up right by the car. And only thing I could think of was like, no, he's they're about to jump out the car and finish me off. You know, they're going to finish me off. And at this point, I had just found out that I was literally shot in my leg and I couldn't move because the, you know, concrete was cold, but this warm blood, this warm liquid stuff, you know, and I just knew. And at that point, I just, yeah, went into a panic attack. My mind was racing. My heart was beating. Mm-hmm. I was done. And um, I realized in that moment was what I sort of thought of was like, uh, my friends aren't here. 
anymore. Mm. Like my coaches aren't here, my parents aren't here, and the girls not here. Like, how did I get here? And wow. I began to cry to the God of the universe in my darkest moment. And wow. in a way, he essentially answered me. And I'm so grateful for that. But he was there when everybody else wasn't. And that's how he sort of, yeah, he, he saved me <laughs> in that moment by sending a guy. He ended up sending a guy, which felt like an eternity later, about 20 minutes later, to come and pick me up, throw me in his pickup truck and drive me to the hospital. But I still to this day don't know how that guy found out about what happened, like the circumstances of that. Maybe it was the girl that told him. I don't, I have no idea, but uh, he got me to the hospital and I never seen that guy to this very day. That wow. saved me. Yeah. The world. That There's so beautiful. much. Yeah. There's so much I to unpack right now. Uh, Jenny and I, we we kind of like look back at our podcast guests and we do research enough to be able to engage with you and really just start having a great dialogue. But I, for one, don't get to into like your full story because I love hearing it for the first time. Can yeah. I just tell you, I am blown away right now with so much to unpack. The first thing I, I would want to say is this, as a mama, I think every mama that has a teenage son um, mm. and we're, we're people that are praying for our kids to just be level-headed to, do you know what I mean? To not allow um, these quarrels to come and, and how quickly something can change overnight in a, in a flashed uh, angered moment or in a jealous moment or a prideful moment. Um, can I ask you a question? What did your parents say? Because you told us at the beginning that your dad was Muslim, your mom was Baptist, and you were kind of just weekender churchers. And 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 were they at the same time just like scared, or were they positive in in watching you recover from your gunshot wound? Uh, what was life like after that moment? Beautiful. So I never, I'll never forget this, because uh, the first person who had the biggest, you know, deepest impact on me was my dad that night following that event because I'm in the ER I may have been IC I don't I forgot which one I maybe ER and um out of nowhere maybe a little bit after they start finished the procedures my dad had walked in my dad's a military guy so he he's a guy of bravado like I've never seen him cry uh up until the moment he walked in to see his son on on basically a potential deathbed like he didn't know what was going on at that point because the officers didn't tell him but when he found out that i was in the hospital and i was right. shot down i wa watched him walk in with tears streaming mm -hmm. down his face and that did something to me because up until that point i could i never seen emotions really uh to mm -hmm. that extent on my dad it could have been minor things but it was right. just wow like yeah. and then i was like Later, as I look in retrospect, like uh, it makes me think about how much more was my heavenly father heart crying out, for, you know, yearning for me as the book of James says in that moment to, to know the knowledge of him uh, and his love and his grace and mercy. So it just it was an eye opener. And then my mom, of course, she, yeah, she did what a mom does. She took mm -hmm. care of. Her Maybe she was trying to, you know, wrestle with the yeah. nurse. Like, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Well, Jenny, I know that if you and I are, you're biting at the bit to like, just get further into this conversation. We also know that our, our listeners, the people that are live with us right now on Facebook, they've got some comments to include. We're going to um, give you just a little bit of a commercial break, and then we're going to go straight into what you say and have you join us with our conversation with Rashawn as well. Have you had a shoddy little year? Maybe you're trying to think of ways that you can shut the should up because you're still home alone and you're still merry and bright. Get your custom designed Shut the Should Up Christmas merch at shuttheshouldup.com. We made these so fun for the holiday season. You'll definitely want to get your very own TP Christmas tree with face mask on the star and all. really transition out of that story into a fun Christmassy ad for Christmas. <laughs> and it's all like, like, here's the deal. We love this about our show. There are some certain things that we love about our show. We love that we make a space to laugh, to experience joy and to go deep and to go hard into the things. And one of the things I know we really love as well is, um, the community of listeners that join us and they watch and they give amazing feedback. So if you're watching right now and you want to put something in the comment section, a question for Rashawn, maybe a, a comment that you even have about your own story and how it relates. Um, we want to take this time right now to just highlight some of our listeners and highlight some of our people because you say stuff as well that leaves Jenny and I just constantly in, uh, talking and continuing the conversation in a new direction in ways that maybe we didn't even see possible. Um, I just want to highlight one real quick, Rashawn, and this is something that I think is is kind of maybe the, <laughs> the common response after hearing just a little bit of your story. We've got here Linda Anderson Casella. She just, um, she has a profile pic with some pumpkins. She's ready for Thanksgiving. Got some fall going on here, but she says, God works before we even know him. Now, listen, I love this because our listeners get it. Um, when you yeah. say your testimony, when you say the things that God's already doing, she heard your story, not of a troubled teen or somebody that had this encounter that was like, well, it gets what he deserves. She responded. And thank you, Linda, for saying this, that God works before we even know him. Do you think that that's what was happening in your life before that encounter, Rashawn? Definitely, definitely. I really believe it was his uh, mercy and his love that was pursuing me before I even knew him. Like basically, like the scripture says, you know, we didn't choose God, but God chose us. And he, um, I think that's what I allude to a lot. And even in my, my book is that he meets us where we are, you know, not where we wish we were or where we pretend to be, but exactly where we are. Uh, no matter how broken we are or how far we feel we are, we're not too far to be reached. We're not too broken to be fixed. We're not too unworthy to be loved. Uh, and I just that. think everyone should know that. Uh, yeah, he comes way before we're ready too. just like <laughs> saying, like way before we're ready. 
Yeah, that's, that's so good. I just love, I mean, hearing you answer in the game, special mm -hmm. game, you chose wisdom and to hear your story unfold. You're mm -hmm. like, I didn't make a wise choice. Like it's so, <laughs> it's amazing how to see wow. our story pertains, Woo! like every piece of our story impacts our right now. Mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't the end of your story. Like there's so much more of a journey went on. And Tracy uh, actually asked the question, how, how did you move forward after that. So if you can expand on like what, yeah. what happened after that, Rashawn? Amazing. That's a great question, Tracy. So what happened immediately after that? I had to really come to the realization that my idols, the thing that I loved the most was stripped from me. One, you know, wow. the football was gone. The girl mm. was gone. I couldn't even walk. So that things that I didn't mm. appreciate that I should have been grateful for, such as even walking and wow. relationships and things like that. A lot of those things were stripped immediately. And yeah. wh what I dealt with, you know, I got addicted to some of the pills that they were giving me, the morphine. And, you know, yeah. uh, I was on bed rest for the longest time. But what I did deal with was um, it was really a process, so much unresolved pain. And the people that, you know, I hurt and harmed throughout my life was all of a sudden, you know, as I'm laying in bed thinking about my life, were looking me right in my face. Like I started to think through all the people I had hurt, whether word, deed, action throughout my life. Mm -hmm. I could sort of see, um, I can sort of see, man, just the, the pain uh, that kept lingering from me even being a, a offender to other people. So there was a lot of things I was processing on a deep level. And I started to see the world as an unsafe place, you know, and mm. I felt isolated mm. and I withdrawed emotionally wow. from relationships that were across the hall, even across the street or even at my school. Like I, no one, I didn't want to be connected with anyone. And I felt that's what drove me into a deep depression after that time. But by the grace of God, more on the joyful end, um, there was light at the end of the tunnel as my healing process, which felt like a miracle. I was able to turn around and get back on my feet in about three months, which beat wow. out what all the doctors predicted. And I got back on the track wow. and field and came became third in the state of uh, Kansas in, in track. And I, then yes, I- you again, did. Yeah, which was super <laughs> exciting. And, and then I got scholarships again, but they weren't to major schools. They were to junior colleges. So my dream sort of, quote unquote, rekindled again. But mm -hmm. it was never the same after that, for sure. So that's wow. where it went. Well, obviously, tacking on to what our listeners are asking and even what Jenny said, I think that that was right on to say that there's this bent and this lean towards wisdom that's on your life. And I've, I've had my pastor say it to me before, and I've heard it, and I believe it's so true. Whatever is your um, calling and your anointing and your gifting will always be challenged, and it will mm. always be shamed. It will always have something on it that feels as though it, it's limiting to you instead of empowering you. Wow. And so it is no wonder that you experience this. And I feel like we're just we're just literally chipping on the the, the corner of this iceberg for the things that God's taught you. And so we yeah. want to jump into that right now. So we're going to jump into this this section called He Said What.
Now, one of the things that I know for sure is that you have a new book out. And this is, listen, we, we, we love having guests on here that have something that they can offer our listeners to get to know you more and get to grow yeah. more. And so when we say that you have a new book, we want to put this up on the screens here. And for those of you that are audio listening only, just, just earmark this moment in your mind. It is called Start Where You Are, How God Meets You in Your Mess, Loves You Through It, and leads you out of it. And this is by Ron mm. Copeland. And if you don't think that he has authority to speak on this subject, just, just go back, scrub back this podcast <laughs> episode, like just a few bars, and you're going to see the fact that God has met him, loved him through it, and is using him. And so I think that you have wisdom on, on this topic. Uh, but besides that, I want to ask you, what would you say to someone right now listening um, either on the audio podcast or watching in on our Facebook Live, um, and they're struggling to see that God can use parts of their story for good, what would you tell them? Absolutely. That's a great question, Candice. What I would say to someone out there who feels their story is unusable or even the moment that they may be in, which may be broken or beautiful, which we've all experienced that 2020. But I want to speak to those who are more in a broken moment. Um, I believe the place of brokenness is where God meets us and, and what he does there, he stops us, he halts us and he kills our progress. So in that brokenness, we can see, Hey, it was a dead end that I was headed or I'm in a dead end. So I can see that, you know, everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that I've done is utterly insufficient without God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Going back to this place, like I need you, Lord, in you, do yeah. I live and do I be and do I have a, my being? Like there's mm -hmm. nothing that I could truly uh, do apart from you. I think that's where he takes wow. us. And I, I love what, you know, David said in the book of Psalms, he said, let these bones you have crushed rejoice. That was yeah. right after he had committed those heinous acts, you know, as far as with Bathsheba and he was in his lowest point and he did a prayer for repentance. And what he was basically saying is like, um, you know, God breaks us to save us. And he, he wants mm -hmm. to, sometimes we go through those broken moments to be, to get our perspective, our eyes lifted back up to the one who is higher than us, you know? So yeah. I just think it's so important for us to remember that. Yes. Well, yeah. And it leads into the next question. I've heard you talk about this before and I'm excited to bring it up, um, which is why is conviction so much more important than being cool? And I know you've touched on a brief part of your story there's so much more where you struggled with depression again and all mm -hmm. these things but can you just expand on that idea of conviction and how that made a big difference in your life and your story absolutely i think what you know what got me to the place where like my whole life especially while i was in school i was trying to be that cool kid and i think that's what got me to the point i was shot down left for dead is because mm -hmm. i was more about compromising uh, to look cool in front of co culture rather than mm. adhering wow. to the conviction God was laying on my heart. So even after I had been shot down, you know, gunned down, uh, I, I literally, I hit this two-way street. I had a Bible, you know, that was given to me, gifted to me while I was on 
basically, you know, that rehab route. But the thing is, I didn't have people around me discipling me, encouraging me and walking with me. Uh, therefore, you know, I easily did what Psalms 1 tells us not to do. Psalms 1 tells us, uh, yeah. blessed is he who does not walk in step with the wicked, nor take the way that sinners take, or sit yeah. in the company of mockers. That's the core cool route, right? But yeah. Yeah. blessed is he who delights in the law of the Lord. And that's people who are convicted, they'll go the, the way that God uh lays on their heart to go the holy spirit the way of the spirit and i just yeah i found out that the culture was telling me to numb my pain with weed with you know women mm -hmm. with all these different things you know possessions mm -hmm. but at the end of the day um yeah it wasn't until i adhered to the conviction of the holy spirit that i had the fullness of joy at my right hand or at his right hand were my pleasures forevermore it was mm -hmm. what i got with him so good. It's so good. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that right now we have some, and okay. So I'm just trying to sugarcoat it and I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore. <laughs> I, feel, I really feel like there's some people that are listening right now that they are mamas or dads that have mm -hmm. a son that they're worried about. I, and mm -hmm. I mean, like they're really worried about them trying to accept this culture identity more than their God given identity and they are praying their guts out for their kids to come back to Jesus right now and to come back mm -hmm. to their faith or maybe even discover it for the first time. Um, and so when we have a guest like you, sometimes God just kind of drops these things in our hearts for our listeners and the people that will tune in. So right now, I, I would love for us to just take a second to pray for maybe those families that they say, I've got a child right now that's struggling with exactly what you're describing. Um, so let's, without any delay, just jump right into that, into our section. Let's pray. Hey, let's pray. And you know, I, it, <laughs> if you're watching our show right now, there's a little cat that comes on the side of the screen and dips its head in and it looks really, really ridiculous. But I really still feel like we need to maintain <laughs> the posture of prayer and pray for these people that I, I just feel like God's highlighting in my mind that are listening right now. So um, Rashawn, would you pray a special prayer for anybody that feels like their child may be too far gone or is struggling to remain cool instead of accept correction and conviction that God's offering them to make a change. Would you do that for our listeners? Definitely. I would love that. I'll awesome. Right now. So Father God, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity to just be close to your heart. And God, we know it's by your grace and your mercy and your love that we get to enjoy fellowship with you, Lord, and time with you. I just pray that you'll strengthen those, um, who are going through a tough time in the season as parents, Lord, that mm. you will remind them that you are with them and for them and uh, that they can rest in your promises uh, that yeah. your word does not return void. And you're, um, you yeah. promise in the word that, you know, you train up a, way, a child in the way they should go and later they won't depart from it. So I just speak that promise over those who are listening now and also ask that Lord, you would, uh, Remind them uh, that you have given them everything they need to model and to uh, sort of use the moments that they have with their children to glorify you in ways 
that yeah. unspeakable. So we just speak that and we give you the glory and praise. And we mm. pray we all have the grace to become more like Jesus and less like yeah. anybody God has ever created. You've That's ever good. created. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Amen. amen. Yeah. Rashawn, we're so thankful for you. And I just don't want to stop talking to you, but you you tell your story, you share all your wisdom in your book. Again, it's called Start Where You Are. And one thing that I can't get off of my heart that you casually said was we're at this war with culture and finding God in it and like battling to perform and settling it in your identity in Christ. So for anybody that we're going to pray again <laughs> for anybody that is feeling like they're at that war and they're trying to figure out where God fits into their, into their broken pieces and their mm -hmm. messy story and what that's like. Will you just pray over those people specifically again, Roshan? Definitely. Yes. Thank you. So father God, we thank you. We come before you, before you again. And we just ask, lift up those who, mm -hmm. um, Maybe in a season where things seem unpredictable, which they are and uncertain. Lord, we know one thing that is certain, God, that you're faithful and that you are uh, beginning, yeah. finishing the good work you started. Yeah. But, uh, you're beginning to reveal to us uh, who you are, how you're sure and true and um, uh, you're unchanging amid all the chaos. So we just thank you for that. And I just pray uh, courage and boldness uh, for those to be for those listening to be reminded that they're children of God and um, that you're a good father. That simple mm -hmm. truth that we have a savior uh, to savor and, and see even mm -hmm. in the mundane things in our lives, yeah. even in the tragedy. So, God, we just thank you for that. And we praise you and give you the glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you. What a joy it's been to have you. What a joy. Oh. We just got started. Let um, Rashawn tell us where everybody can get connected with you. Awesome. So social media, you can hit me up at Hype Sir or Jesus Feed or anywhere Rashawn Copeland. And yeah, I have a podcast, Scriptures and Stories, which I hope to have both of you on soon. And ah. then uh, you can grab <laughs> the book, Start Where You Are, anywhere books are sold. Awesome. Thank well, you. what a joy. I know that I'm going to be personally going back and, and re-listening to your encounter. And, and I just feel like there's not enough time to adequately leave a space for all that's in you. And that's why people write books. And listen, Jenny and I are authors. We get it. This People want from us more when they hear just a little bit of our story. And we're like, well, that's why I wrote the book. So we're going <laughs> to encourage um, all of y'all that you you feel like, man, I've, I've, I want to know more. And I want to know more yeah. of a story. Then we encourage you to get his new book, Start Where You Are. Rashawn, thank you again for joining us today. Literally, you've been a delight. Um, it, and we just... We're honored that you were with us. So thank you. Thank you both. All Enjoy right. Enjoyed yeah, it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, until next time, shut the shit up and we will see you next week. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.